April 19th, 2018. Welcome to Postmarkdom 6. I'm Scott Southerd. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend, the superstars have been shaken. <laughs> they sure have. They sure have. They've been shaken all over the place and shaken down and 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 to the right and to the left and then up. And now we've got we've got all sorts of you know, we've got a whole different landscape for both Raw and SmackDown. It's a really confusing time, uh post mania. This hangover of WrestleMania is in the air. All of all of the energy and emotional uh investment that we've had going into mania, all of this like fervent, feverish con- consumption of wrestling. Right. Uh Builds up to that, and now like my brain feels like mush, and then this huge event happens. Totally, you're you're all all of the emotion, and it, and it goes and it pays off, and then we just have this uh, this force that comes in and says, "All right, start of the new season." So I was I was watching Raw on Tuesday night, and uh, and Ryan's uh, Ryan's bandmates all kind of congregate here on on Tuesday night before practice and it usually ends up that I'm I'm watching wrestling at that time pretty much every week and so they come over and I'm watching Monday Night Raw and you know all sorts of like wildness is happening I think Are you the weird is... roommate that's like always watching wrestling to them? Dude, it's kind of funny. Well, one of them's David and you know we've okay. got we've got the other podcast uh, together, pretty. It's like clockwork that that's what I'm doing because it's Tuesday. Better yet, air is on Wednesdays, so I'm editing. Better yet, and then I'm watching Monday Night Raw while I'm doing it. Early evening, Tuesday night, every fucking Tuesday night. It's a good routine. So, so yeah, pretty much every time that they come here and I'm here, that's what I'm doing. So I'm, you know, whatever's happening, I'm just like. Yo, what's up, Keith? Uh, so this is the Riot Squad, and it's crazy that they're you know doing what they're doing right now because they are usually on the other show. Oh and wow, that's really uh, that's interesting. Yeah, and, cool. Well, and Neat. he's just like he's like, well, you know, so what's going on? I'm like, well, they they do this thing right after WrestleMania where they they just move people all over the place and kind of start everything new so i was kind of you know explaining it as basically like you know the the second episode of the season or the uh you know the beginning of a new like well season but sports season in comparison but yeah i it's it's like all right here we're you know we're carrying some things over but a lot of it is just starting new and and going with it yeah, the it's definitely a, a nice reset. It's really tough to follow, and a lot happens in just like two episodes of television, uh, where I'm very used to watching these two episodes of television and being able to kind of like zone out, do other right. things, clean yeah. my apartment, uh-huh. or look at my phone, or whatever. Do this while I'm doing yoga. Yeah, and, and now this these two episodes are jammed full. Like every segment has some sort of announcement. Some sort of big move or small move, but still something that's happening and changing. And it's like pretty overwhelming. Right. Because you're kind of just like, oh, whoa, okay, well, what is what does this all mean? Like, why, you know, why this and why not that? Or, you know, what does this mean for, you know, what this person was doing previously and where are they going to go now? And it's, yeah, there's that, that time of kind of uncertainty when, especially when you think about it in terms of, you know, how we all kind of think about wrestling now, it's like, all right, well, you've got, uh, you've got Samoa Joe on SmackDown now, like, who's he going to feud with first? It's that just an inevitability that that's where you're going is like, not necessarily fantasy booking, but questioning it in those terms. It is. It's, I, I think it's, a fantasy booker is either like complete nightmare or like a total wet dream. Right. It's one or the other because yeah, there's all of these opportunities and all of this like blank slate being thrown out there. But man, I, yeah, I don't have the energy generally to like figure out all these chess moves because presumably there's a, a balancing act going on backstage, right? Like 
you know, Vince and whoever else are talking through, all right, so Joe goes to SmackDown, so how do we balance that out on right. Raw? Raw mm-hmm. is three hours, SmackDown's two hours. How are all these parts going to move around? Yeah, yeah. How do we keep the shows balanced? And I think that was one of the things this past year, or at least since the last shakeup, that uh, kind of worked against SmackDown. Uh, right. Because for a while, after the brand split, SmackDown was a hot show. Things got moved around, and then all of a sudden it became the boring show. Yeah, and that's what I was explaining to them, uh, you know, yes, or on on Tuesday was that they're they're asking like, okay, well, so like, you know, how does this how does it work exactly? And I'm like, well, you know, a couple of years ago it was it was uh, SmackDown was just great and everything was like new and fresh, and then when we got to this point, they just shifted everything over to Raw and it. Uh, completely convoluted and nobody really knew what was going on and i think that's like something that's maybe still kind of pertinent in our minds right now is just the fact that last year's felt so messy yeah it was sloppy it didn't seem like it was at the time i mean it it was all of these are right right but at least on my side of things I didn't feel like it was any sloppier than any of the other ones during the shows Yeah. but then very quickly after that we all realized that it was uh, maybe not as thought out as everyone had hoped it was yeah and I mean I just remember in like October November just realizing that Smackdown was suddenly very not interesting at all and I don't really know how that happened exactly and i don't really know what sort of planning goes in advance of you know like how how far ahead do they think with these things it's like you know from what insight we have into into this company it doesn't really go too far but the the uh, i guess the amount to which they didn't think about it kind of really revealed itself in october when they really only had one good storyline going which was kevin owens and and the mcmahon family and then you know that got pretty long in the tooth by the winter and the i think yeah i think that's that's a very um that's a a nice thing to note because i think what you see all these immediate feuds and i don't know i think it's mostly just the fans that are making these long-term plans in their minds about how the rest of the season or the year is going to shake out. Yeah. Uh, the way that we're kind of like looking at all the new opportunities for Samoa Joe or Finn Balor or whoever on each show. Now that things are moved around, we're looking at all these matchups that might happen. Uh, I think those probably get thrown into the conversations when people are moved around, but I don't know. It seems like cool. Move Miz to SmackDown because Daniel Bryan can fight the Miz. Right. Done. Yeah. I mean, that's the most like obvious, like he's, got to go there because daniel bryan's back now and really there's that's like you know the immediate feud that's set up with with all of this it's like oh man now we're at the point where these two are actually gonna fight they've been building it for so long and i sort of like the way that smackdown ended with big cast coming in and getting in the way of daniel bryan because I really like the idea that the actual matchup between Daniel Bryan and The Miz should take a long time. I really don't want it to be an immediate thing. I would love to watch The Miz like skirt around it till SummerSlam. And that's absolutely because that's the thing that we constantly criticize WWE for is that is that they have no patience. But, you know, on one hand, they have to take the shot while they can. Daniel Bryan's clearly fragile to some degree we're hoping that you know he's fine for the right, next right. five years but you know we don't know so they have to move him into the picture with Miz right now but yeah like you said i think building this thing to a major pay-per-view match is where the money's at yeah totally it's, i'm i'm really excited for it and uh so one of the things that we thought we would do uh you know in analyzing the superstar shakeup is to look at it in terms of who wins and who loses and not just you know which uh which talent is winning but you know which divisions which aspects of of the show are winning and you know from from my standpoint i think that there there is a lot of winning going on i think that when 
we started with SmackDown Live. What they did really, really well was they established themselves as, you know, what Shane McMahon calls the land of opportunity. And over this past year, that really just kind of felt like a statement that wasn't really empty. It was just, you know, an acknowledgement of something like, you know, AJ Styles, when he came over to SmackDown, became a superstar. Uh, It didn't really make too much sense this past year, but right now it looks like they've reestablished the idea that SmackDown really is, you know, a place for people to go and rocket themselves into, you know, a higher tier. They moved people over that are definitely, you know, bumping against the ceiling. That's caused by people like Brock and Roman on Raw uh, being in that, like, elite tier of wrestlers. Uh, and, you know, it, it's it's been funny for the past year where – there's this tier of wrestlers that could easily be the champion that just didn't have a chance to become the champion. That's a right. huge, the huge knock that a lot of people have against the way things have gone. Whatever. I don't care about that. But I'm really excited to see people like Joe or The Miz or, you know, there's a handful of other folks here. I mean, like Almas coming up, which is, is super interesting. All those dudes have potential to be in the main event right. on SmackDown. Yeah. And I think that, like, Almas is, Almas is a perfect example of you got this guy who reached his his pinnacle in nxt and now it's time to now it's time to put him on the main roster and to let him do something and he's got a very very solid track that he could run on smackdown and i think that's like you know it's a proven place where you you put someone and you and you push them and he's such an interesting uh wrestler and you know vega's great too and i think that you know that is going to be the perfect fit for him he's going to get ample screen time he's going to have plenty of people to work with they're gonna make a star out of this guy i hope so dude i it it makes me nervous seeing him come up just because he was so good right on the top of that nxt roster and he was someone that seemed like an unlikely champion for a while yeah he became the champ and it was great and like you know we all loved it but at until then, we weren't really sure about him. Well, I mean, th- I feel like he is an example of, like, it's it's rare that you see someone who, you know, he comes into NXT, he's hot, and then nobody's really sure what happened, but he totally dropped off. It seemed like he didn't want to be there. And for, you know, I don't really know how that all went down, but he was given another opportunity and then he freaking shined and i feel like you know you can look at plenty of examples of even nxt call-ups going into wwe like not getting it right away and then you know then you're ty dillinger or then you're that's the thing right like they they, there's so many examples at this point of wrestlers that have came up your uh new best friend tyler breeze right you know, in if because he didn't get a shot immediately, there's there's no there's nowhere for him to go then at that point because he just very quickly becomes a mid card jobber. Totally. Uh, which you know, fingers crossed, this won't happen with Amos. I don't think so with Amos because I I just think he's I think he's got it written. I don't know. I don't know if that's wishful thinking. I think that what what you can certainly place your bets on uh, is the fact that Samoa Joe is going over to SmackDown to be the top heel on that program 100 percent. he's a, a monster who didn't get a chance to be a monster on a show like raw where there are people that are bigger than he is right. uh, and people that you know i mean raw is definitely the more traditional of the two at this point and seeing that traditional monster of, of braun Strowman, that classic huge giant makes joe look not look unformidable it makes him look like he's not a valid competitor uh within that scene well i think that joe i think that joe is like he's one of those people that we are just kind of aware of the fact that at the end of the day he's going to end up putting someone like roman or braun over you know and i 
I think that size, it's it's definitely important to consider the fact that you have the two top baby faces on SmackDown being AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, who, you know, we we both probably measure up to the same height as, as both mm-hmm. of those guys. But, you know, having having Joe over on on a, you know, smaller roster is important. But also I think that, you know, there's just, there's a kind of classic quality to joe that you know a place that's you know smackdown doesn't necessarily like make itself wrestling centric but it's not raw it's not you know as uh i don't know like raw Raw, you know what i mean raw is the epitome of of the wwe style of television sports entertainment and smackdown has wiggle room i think that there's a happy medium between the way that NXT is kind of the traditional territory model and Raw is the platonic ideal of what Vince sees as, as sports entertainment. Yeah. And in between is SmackDown where there's, you know, space to move around and put together weird long-term storylines like the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn, right. Shane and Daniel Bryan thing. Uh, and, and that gives Samoa Joe, like Samoa Joe would be one of the greatest territorial heels. Like that guy could just rule a tri-state area for 10, 15 years Yo. and just be a monster. And the moment he came back to, like the the promos that he's cut on Roman, I, it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I miss Samoa Joe. I can't believe how, you know, how direct he is and just how he has a quality where, you know, he always comes off like he wants to kick somebody's ass and that's you know that's it he just wants to he wants to beat them in a fight and there's so much like convoluted shit that gets in the way of you know character motivations on these shows sometimes that it's just so refreshing to have someone who's just like you know he looks legit and you know all he wants to do is to choke someone out and the way that he talks through that promo this week on SmackDown, when he just talks through the list of people that he wants to fight, yeah, I fucking believe that, man. Right. I he, it's cool because he talks about all these wrestlers that he now has the opportunity to fight on SmackDown, but he's also still like, I'm coming for you, Roman. Yeah, coming for your belt. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you after Brock beats the shit out of you. Whatever. Like this is super. It it he makes it feel very real. He he talks like a UFC fighter or like someone that really has investment in winning these matches. He does such a good job of making his presence felt as a real fighter. Yeah, dude, it's it's so palpable, and I I yeah, I think that the ambiguity that's kind of surrounding him, as far as you know, he has a match with Roman Reigns at Battleground, and you know, it could be for the title that's supposed to be on Raw, like all, and he's also in the the Intercontinental Title ladder match at, at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Like, there's all sorts of shit that's like kind of all up in the air with Joe, and he's probably the most captivating figure in WWE to me right now. And, and it makes sense if I was a professional wrestler and wrestling was real, I would definitely want to put like I would want to spread myself as, as wide as possible. I'd want to be in that IC belt ladder match. I'd want to be going for the championship. I'd right. want to be beating the shit out of Daniel Bryan to make a name for myself. Definitely. Like, there's no reason not to do that. And and that makes this man seem like he has real motivations to, to be the best, most decorated wrestler in the company. Totally, totally. I think that, um, you know, uh, SmackDown's tag division also seem to come away with the upper hand here. You now have, since the bar has moved over to SmackDown, you've got the three best tag teams in WWE now on SmackDown, and none of them are the tag team champions. There's plenty of room for those, all three of those teams to move around. Did are Gan, uh, Gallows and Anderson moved over as well? Gallows and Anderson. Which we know they on. have potential. We, yeah. They haven't done anything really. Uh-huh. Whatever. Did you hear Corey Graves call uh, Finn Balor's Balor Club the Bullet Club he this He called week? them the Bullet Club. Oops. And I liked his apology on Twitter like, oh, Finn, you're all over the place. It's hard to keep track of you. I that's kind of there's, you know, within all of this there are plenty of, you know, individuals and teams that are just seemingly just haphazardly shifted because they don't really know what 
they're doing with them. And I think that those two are, are the epitome of it. Yeah, they they haven't had a, anything to do since they've come to the company. Right. But we do know that they are really good wrestlers and they could, given the opportunity, become... And, I mean, I don't know. SmackDown is the place for a tag team that hasn't been doing so well to fucking shine. It's true. Uh, so I don't see why not, why they couldn't turn this in, this tag division into something like really special. I think that, you know, on the on the other side of it you know you have raw's tag team division which is now it's just effectively uh matt hardy and and bray wyatt um yeah who are they gonna fight well they're they're fighting the bar for the raw tag team titles at the greatest royal rumble when they introduced uh the revival being in you know the the finals for that tournament, for the opportunity to face the bar, I was like, oh, man, it's possible. They're going to go with the revival. And then wow. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt come out. I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, right. They, they did it. They're, they're a new tag team now, so they beat somebody in, in three minutes, and now they're going to beat uh, the best tag team in the world in three minutes. We're going to talk about how they're really working together well now. I that's I think it's one of the one of the real gripes that I have with WWE is that their tag team storyline is just it's always so telegraphed. It's always just like all right, new wild team. They have to beat two people and then they get a title opportunity. And man, what happened? What happened that went so poorly here? Where? I mean, I was very pumped about Matt Hardy for a while. I was very, very pumped for Bray Wyatt for like two years. Yeah, they neither of them did anything wrong. I'm not. I'm actually not really knocking the team itself. I'm okay with it. I think that it's good. I think that it's gonna be, um, you know, if they're gonna, if they're gonna go with like the comedic route on this Matt Hardy character, that's fine. I'm not. I, I know that people want it to be, you know, what it was in TNA, and that that shit was good and it was interesting. But there's it doesn't, no way to do that. Again. It doesn't have to be the same. And yeah. yeah. Um, and even if they tried to do it the same way, people would still be shitting on it. Um, so, I'm I, I I love Bray Wyatt too, and the idea that he's in an you know an opportunity here to me is it's a good thing, and it's something that's. I don't know how they dropped the ball on that guy so badly. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I like he he's he still cuts crazy promos that are f- above and beyond what anybody else in the company can do aside from maybe Paul Heyman, but they're so fucking stupid and uninteresting because there's nothing for him to talk about. He right. talks so well, he talks but they don't so get anything well. to talk about and yeah. it's just like I don't know what I, I don't know what he's I feel so bad for this guy. I feel bad for him too. And I remember, I don't know. It's it, it is what it is. I I think that I think that this is this is a good look for him. I think that we can all agree that he should have maybe lost his first match like 6 months ago. But that's how it worked out. But I mean the the tag team division uh on Raw at this point it's just like okay it's it's these these two and you're gonna give them the titles now and then i don't know who they're they're gonna face who's gonna be a formidable dolphin drew which is a good that's really the only candidate that i see and i really like that tag team i'm really pumped about it i think it's really neat as soon as drew showed up i he looks amazing he looks great he's a beast but Every time I get excited about something that is going to happen with Dolph Ziggler, I think similarly I get the same. I realize I get the same amount of excitement about when I think something cool is going to happen with the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, right. That like, wow, this is really going to be the time where They're they finally they gonna are going to give it. him the yeah. shot. They're going to elevate it. It's going to be great. And I think I'm maybe at the point where. Uh, I can't wait to have this conversation with you a year from now about Becky Lynch because she's going down the same road. It sucks. It Um, breaks my heart. But I think that, you know, I think this is a really good pairing 
for both of them. I think that they're both going to benefit from it a lot. And if Dolph Ziggler's role for the past, you know, three years has been to just put over all the new guys coming in, at least let him uh, be friends with the guy for six months before he puts him over. Yeah, at least it gives them both something to do for a while. I, they look great next to each other. Oh, man, they like The that. chemistry, the potential chemistry is really, it could be perfect here. Uh, specifically because, like, Drew on the main roster didn't have a ton going for him yeah. uh, his first time around. And he's come back with a lot more. He's got a lot of charisma now. But it's not, I mean, Dolph is, this seems like it could be a really good small guy, big guy thing going on. A real Sean and Diesel thing that could have a lot of weight i think so too and i think that like even if even you know though he proved himself in nxt i would probably you know bet more towards the idea that he would just end up going the same you know kind of downward trajectory that he went the first time around even though they're bringing him back like i don't know i feel like i feel like his ceiling is you know it hasn't really moved in the eyes of like the way they see him up top, but this is a really good place for him to start to maybe like, you know, prove himself and give him something to work with from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I think it gives them both a lot of uh, room to build some natural momentum and really do both of like both of these two can uh, build off of whatever this team is and this chemistry that they have together. I think that one of the real winners of the Superstar Shakeup was the United States Championship. Oh my god, it's fun. That was so awesome. It was so wild, you know, just the, you know, the way they kind of turned everything upside down by having Jinder come in and then you're like, "Oh my god, that means the IC belt is leaving." And then Jinder loses, and then you're like, oh, wow, okay, well, now Jeff Hardy's the champion, and then Jeff Hardy shows up on SmackDown the next Brings night. Brings it right back. Oh, man. I love the look, too. I like the idea of Jeff Hardy just having matches with people for that belt. Sure. They could do that as long as they want, in my opinion. Jeff I think Hardy's that, fun. I, I, I feel like he's one of those guys, too, that, like, you know, you give him the right dance partner, and he's going to continue to to be, you know, putting in efforts that kind of go past what you would you know me i don't like I'm, I'm thinking about like when rob van dam came back and it was just like it never really did anything it's just rob van dam like going through the motions i think that jeff hardy is capable still of of putting together really good matches and there's so many good opponents for him in that mid-tier on smackdown that's is very true i think this will give that that United States Championship match at WrestleMania uh, was fine and whatever, but by the time it came around, I don't, I didn't have a ton of uh, excitement about it. I don't know about you. No. Uh, and now this is a great way to inject some freshness into it, to move people around like that, and to you know eliminate two of the people, move two of those people to the other brand that would have kind of stuck in this same uh would have just continued like circling around this belt yeah i mean i feel like those you know jinder and bobby Roode were stuck in that holding pattern Mm -hmm. and they were both kind of just like you weren't really sure what they were doing there you start to get a little bit worried about you know how deeply they're going to get saddled into this spot just remove them from it put bobby on the other show see what happens there i don't i don't know about him i don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna get much further i, I feel know. like he's he's the next level of ty dillinger he's he just be. gonna just he's gonna do the thing every time and we're gonna get bored it's i i think one of the things that did this shake up a big disservice was the fact that uh, both of those shows were in towns that had crowds that didn't give a fuck about wrestling. Yeah. Uh, nobody cheered for really anything on either of those shows. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was when Hartford Pro- and, and Providence. Yeah, Hartford and Providence, which, you know, whatever. I don't. Hey, I saw WrestleMania 11 at Hartford and I had a great time. I was cheering. So the Hartford Civic Center where the Whalers used to play. Is it, was it there again? Do they still have stuff there? I don't know if it's it's probably not in that arena because that arena was in a mall. Oh. Isn't that wild? 
Wait. UConn used to play there. The the basketball team oh. would play there, and the Whalers. But yeah, it was in a mall. So you could go to like Spencer's. Yeah, you could go to you could go to Lids, and if you didn't if you if you didn't bring your hat to the Whalers game, you could stop in and and buy a Whalers hat, and then watch them lose, and then move to North Carolina. <laughs> You know, if that's what you wanted to do 23 years ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, no, okay, so, the, the but the fact that they, the crowds weren't super hot, and I think that everyone in the back expected this Bobby Roode reveal to be huge yeah. and to pop the crowd, because uh-huh. Glorious pops the crowd, right? right? Everyone gets excited about Glorious. Uh-huh. And the fact that not everybody gets excited about Glorious at this point is one thing, but also to have a crowd that just didn't sh- didn't care about anything right on top of that was just like such it was such a womp womp <laughs> that just like <laughs> fell apart in front of everybody's eyes yeah um and i i think that i think getting him out of there is good getting getting gender getting gender off of smackdown i think is good because i think he was getting a little he was kind of overstaying his welcome i like the idea of Jeff Hardy being being the guy that somebody's gonna go over and I think there's a there's a couple good feuds there potentially. Um I would argue that both women's divisions won. They're both winners. They hey, everybody wins. Man, I cannot believe like I think Asuka's the biggest move of this whole shakeup. Right. Uh that makes the SmackDown division so much stronger. It it makes it. I mean, this is clearly the more important women's division at this point. Yeah, that belt is the most important belt now. Right. Uh, it's the one that the Money in the Bank holder went for, and we got Charlotte and Oscar there. Yeah, they're gonna circle I mean, that thing for a while. Well, Raw, Raw is it's effectively it's gonna be it's gonna be one feud and it's gonna be whoever Ronda's feuding with. Right. And now this one it's gonna be very very belt driven. And you know what was missing on SmackDown was that second superstar. Um, and I don't know why your girl Becky wasn't. The one, I, I I really don't understand like why they they couldn't have like it's so easy they could have done it's it so easy she's so great but Oscar going over there it totally balances things out it really you know you have you have Bailey and Sasha on Raw you have Nia Jax on Raw you have Ronda on Raw and now you've got the the two best though are now on SmackDown and they're friendly and we're gonna watch them circle around each other for a long time and it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah this tension's gonna build for a while there's so much space for them to work there because the the roster they have people to work with on smackdown it's gonna be a lot of fun new matches there's just so much space and so much potential there i think uh yeah i don't know i'm really excited to see what they do there and i mean more than anything i think uh having some more breathing room for Rhonda. I think not putting Rhonda into that main event picture immediately is like the smartest fucking thing they did on raw. There's no better person for Rhonda to be working with right now than Natalia. Totally. She's like, you've got it written out for you that they train together. And Natty is just a veteran. She understands like how things work. Um, she's gonna she's gonna work really well as as Rhonda's friend it's gonna be great when they end up fighting each other mm-hmm. and i mean there's no better person to like have Rhonda work with in like you know probably her first like high profile singles feud that blow off you couldn't it couldn't come with anybody better than talia it's gonna be perfect and it's it's like such a great way to build up Rhonda as someone that is worth considering as a wrestler someone that could potentially uh have like headlining matches that that she like really deserves and has earned i think yeah they and and what i think is the most interesting thing here is that they're going to be able to like fight as a tag team for a little while yeah fight as as friends you know show up at each other's matches 
Well, because there's a there's you know there's a learning curve here, and you want you know you want Rhonda to be able to you know be on the outside a lot. Because the crowd's just going to go wild just for the fact that she's coming into the ring. Like, keep that until you don't have to anymore. Right. Like, she's great at being the spectacle right now. And, like, Lord knows, like, we saw the fucking WrestleMania match. It was the best one on the show. I know. Every time she came in, everybody, like, fucking lost it. Mm -hmm. My boss pulled me aside at work the other day and was like, what? Did you watch? You were at the Ronda Rousey uh-huh. wrestling show? That's insane to me. It was wild. I have no, I just, I, there's, there's moments like that where I understand that I have like no concept of like what pop culture is anymore just because we're able to exist in our own bubbles. But, you know, the crazy appeal of someone like Rousey. You know, when you, when you get inundated with that from outsiders that are like, hey, I heard about this. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, we were really annoyed because she wasn't cutting very good promos a few weeks ago. But uh, it's okay now. We're all right with it now. now. we think she's good, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Still needs work, though. I really like the Riot Squad going over there uh, on the Raw. I think that that does i i just feel like both of these divisions were kind of bolstered i've been talking a lot about like kind of just the slow expansion of all of this where everything is feeling a lot more just full it's like everything just feels like three it's, it's like three deeper now on each side you i mean know what i mean yeah those i think it was a lot of that is from the two uh three women teams that came up in weird, awkward ways, right? And now just kind of fit, and they make sense. They where make they both. Are. They make a lot more sense on on they both all, sides. They all fill out those rosters really well, and they are performing like they they both. They're all like formidable opponents at this point. Totally, they're, no one's no one's fighting for the belt anytime soon. But they're you know great right. to be in the ring. And I love the way that those divisions balance out too, where you have Carmella, the one who were all waiting for the you know the moment like a real wrestler gets in there and just destroys her and then Nia's the one who's like who who could beat her who She's could big. possibly do it She's, She's big. strong um you know I guess coming away from all of it, who are we worried about? There's definitely a couple situations that seem like they could be uh, a little scary. For some wrestlers. I mean, like, you're talking about uh, Kevin and Sammy here, where I don't know what it means for them at this point to yeah. be on Raw. They had this built-in storyline for the past six months, uh, and their, now they move over. Their and, existence and was all based on on one guy, and now he's not there anymore. And so, you know, if it's, if it's them versus Kurt Angle, that's gonna be a really bad look i think yeah i think that's them fighting the system continuing to fight the system like this as heels is uh it's already worn pretty thin but it worked for a while just because it had this pending daniel bryan payoff right now it has nothing and nobody wants to see kurt angle fight anymore at this point that's not an interesting angle at all no we just want to watch him try to put sentences together and try his best oh man what's going on in that guy's head dude is it because he like took a ton of concussions and then took a ton of vicodin or is it i think that's what it is right maybe can you i've never seen that like that type of just deadness happened to it you know it's like it's he's like someone who like answers the door when you're delivering him a pizza and and he's just like hi and you're like where how are you a functioning person it seems like he's really good at memorizing the cue cards uh-huh. memorizing his lines and then he's just that's that's where it ends yeah and then he just says them i don't know because it it, it it reminds me of like it's it, it just feels like it's not that he took a lot of vicodin it's that he's taking a lot of vicodin just on the daily I, I know that that's not happening, but it seems like he is. He's, I'm just I I'm a, there's a there's a, a a real glass to that entire presence that 
freaks me out. Makes man. me bummed, dude. He used to be so funny and interesting and, and great on the microphone. Like, that was such a part of his charm. Is that going to be us one day? Are we just all going to end up that way? Just as cardboard humans? I mean, I don't eat uh, Vicodin like Kurt Angle ate Vicodin. So I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, that's Hopefully. true. Um, I'm a little worried about the Intercontinental title. Why are you worried about that? I, I'm always worried about it. It's mm-hmm. my favorite title. I, I, I guess this kind of like, you know, it, it factors in to Kevin and, and Sammy. Um, you know, I, I envision that title as being such a good working belt and it's a great place for Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens and Bobby Roode to all be after it. I just I just don't know. There's I think that there's an aspect to raw titles don't seem to matter as much as they do on SmackDown. SmackDown like will handle the United States championship a little bit better than, you know, just as a, as a belt that people want. And the Miz did a really good job of making the intercontinental title matter, but it only mattered because it was on the Miz and he's so good at it. That's, I think, yeah, this might be a larger reflection of that whole upper mid tier wrestling, uh, class of like the guys that you just mentioned seth and finn and kevin and sammy like i don't see any direction for any of those guys right now i don't know what is gonna make me interested in any of the matchups that they can possibly have yeah because it's like maybe it's they're they're all gonna have good matches they are you know any combination is is gonna be good but it's like it's like we see those matches every week and just because there's a there's a belt there, it's not gonna make us any more uh, invested in in it. So I don't know. I guess I'm just like you know, what does it what does it mean? Because in a lot of ways, like a guy like Seth, uh, you know, it seems like they haven't had an idea for what they're doing with him for a long time as well. So I don't know what that I don't know what that belt's doing on him. I don't know how he's gonna go about defending it. I don't know, you know, what his you know level that he's working with is. Yeah, I think it's all very symptomatic of that upper mid tier wrestler on that show. I mean, like we said earlier, Raw uh, brands itself as the spectacle show. It's the it's the sports entertainment show, and you can't just have wrestling matches on a show that's presenting itself as something more than that these people need to have real feuds real anger real like you know back and forth storylines that exist to make this shit matter well i think it's you know we're talking at the beginning about how good joe is and joe is able to you know say that he wants to fight someone and if somebody had a belt he would say i want to take that belt and you know i i guess it's just like they've made it feel they made it feel like, you know, the Intercontinental title doesn't really matter that much unless it's on a couple of people. Same thing with the United States title. And so when it's, you know, when it's not on one of those people, it's you're kind of you're immune to it. Right. You're 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 used to it not being anything more than just, you know, something that somebody carries around. It's a simple prop. Right. I, and it sucks. I hate being like a downer about all of these dope wrestlers. Right. That we love i i want you know i mean more and more i'm coming to terms with the fact that that wwe universal championship needs to be around i think that's what it is right i i think so too but i just because it doesn't you know it's a little unclear who is you know if this is broken up into divisions like Who's competing for the Intercontinental title when, you know, when they could be competing for the Universal title? Because they, you know, they kind of just fluctuate it. And it's like somebody goes after, you know, the Intercontinental title and they win it. And then they're just like, oh, I'm glad that I have this now because this is a belt that used to mean something. And, you know, now everybody and this is like to the credit of all the talent, but 
it feels like any one of these people holding that belt, it's almost beneath them. And it's it's something that had they won it early on in their careers, it would make sense because that's when Bret Hart won it. That's when Shawn Michaels won it. But now it's like everybody is kind of at the level of, of those two examples like when they're in their prime. Everybody's a superstar. And you know, having a having a belt that, you know, works as like a as like a mid tier platform as a launching pad when everybody's already launched, it's like what's the fucking point of it? Right. Everybody in that scene that we mentioned has been a world champion except for Sami Zayn. Yeah. I kind of would love to see the Intercontinental Championship on Sami Zayn. Oh, it'd be great. That would be fucking perfect. He can run around and brag about it to everybody. Uh-huh. But everybody else, it is. You're right. It's a downgrade of sorts. It's it's definitely beneath them in a way that's that makes all of those matches seem a lot less meaningful. Like yeah, yeah. If you've if you've been uh, the Universal Champion or if you've been the WWE Champion, why would you not want that again? Right. You just want to go back for that. I mean, it's an, a cute little story when Seth wins his Triple Crown or whatever. Right. But that's clearly what what he won there it wasn't the fact that he won this championship belt it's that he cemented his name as someone who'd won them all right right um yeah and i don't i don't really know how how you make it a thing again like it's i think it's like a style of 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 you know writing the story that it's it doesn't really fall in line to the way that they do it now I don't know how you undo what you've spent 20 years doing. When was the last time that title like meant something? Like it meant know. something when like Cody started uh, wearing the old belt. Yeah, that was cool. Right. I mean, Cody with that championship belt was awesome. I mean, with that hog underneath it. Um, so, hey, we, um, uh, you're going to be out of town next week i will i'm gonna be moving next week uh we are probably not gonna have an episode then we might skip one the greatest royal rumble so i'm this whole thing is gonna be so wild to see i think i'm gonna like really just enjoy the presentation of it because i i don't know what is a what does a stadium in in saudi arabia look like is that is it at a stadium is it is it indoors I have no idea. This the whole thing is such a spectacle and I'm really interested to see I mean it feels kind of like a glorified house show. Right. But it also feels like there are going to be a lot of very meaningful things that happen on this show. The yeah, the card it's like whoa. Heavy hitters. There's a the, the, the casket match. Yeah, featuring the, the Undertaker. Match. But it's also like, where the fuck did that come from? What? Right. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's, totally. It's like it's kind of like it's not part of the universe, but it it obviously is because all these titles are on the line. Yeah, they're broadcasting it. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see. It honestly, it feels like a like a. Don't worry about it. It'll be great. And we're just like, okay. I feel like a little kid just being like guided into the a. a place that i've never been Um, holding the hand and walking along yeah hey hey you know why don't you come in here i got some candy in this van um you know i'm not sure the idea of watching a 50 person royal rumble it's it's you talk about feeling fucking worn down oh my god they're they're, who's gonna i don't know the logistics are on their own uh absurd you know they're gonna have to do minute long breaks or whatever it is they're gonna have to cut down as much fat as they possibly can remember when we did the drinking game to the 95 royal rumble is that the 40 man one that's no that's the 30 man one but it's it's, minute intervals yeah that thing is over in like 40 minutes and we all shit five beers and i had to be told that i should go home Oh, I don't remember this. Yeah, we went to ladies arm wrestling. Oh, and I yeah, you threw did. A beer at the referee. Yeah, you did um, need to go home. <laughs> T- Terry pulled me aside and said, "You're you got to leave." And I'm like, "All right. See you later." I slept on your couch that night. You did. That was a heck of a night. Um so yeah, we'll we'll see what uh we'll see what 
15 man battle i'm just i'm 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 excited for the fact that it's it's starting at at noon on a friday i'll be coming home from work at about 1:30 i will maybe just start from the beginning but i might just like just go with it but yeah. i got to pack up my my living space so i can do that while this whole thing is just happening and it like, definitely seems like something you can passively consume i'm going to be at work it starts at 9 cuz i'm going to be in california so it starts at 9 a.m. there yeah so i'm just going to get to work and turn it on and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> um but yo we got roman versus brock in a cage yeah i i don't know are they going to be allowed to just get brutal there is that going to happen do they care enough what do to you get mean brutal? like allowed to get brutal there like in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I mean, women can't fight on this card. I don't know if there's stuff that's uh-huh. allowed or not. Yeah. If it, well, I mean, that's one thing that fucking... Um, yeah. And I mean, I not, don't, not I, even just right, the Saudi I, Arabia uh-huh. thing, but like after this last match that happened... I, uh, in, I would assume that they're not going to hard way right, Roman exactly. again. Because that was, that was nuts. Um, but yeah, I... I it's a cage match with Brock Lesnar. I think it's got to get brutal. I would hope so. I, I just like don't know. I feel like we put so much. There was so much build to this last one. And now I feel like very deflated after it. Yeah. Like a lot of emotions went through that last match. And now this one's happening again. And I don't know what sort of expectations to put in. I mean, this match. I mean, I would say that it's a pretty safe bet that that crowd is not going to react quite as uh, vehemently opposed to Roman Reigns holding up the belt at the end of it. That's probably true. I don't know if this is like just the backdoor way to get that thing on him. Um it seems like that's the common narrative on the internet right now. Right, and I don't. I I feel like that that's a little bit too conspiracy theory, um, although it makes sense. And when I think about it, I think that's a fucking great idea. Personally, there's no. I mean, there's no other way to directly move that championship belt from Brock to Roman because he's coming out and he's like he's been vague. Roman has been vague, and I. You know, maybe maybe it's just the enthusiasm or the optimism that I have with what they could do with Roman, but Roman holding that belt and getting booed every night, that's money. That's such a great thing for that belt, for the program, for anybody who's chasing that belt, for Roman Reigns. Even for Roman, yeah, I think that's good for everybody. I think that there's also, you know, I think Samoa Joe has really put a lot of ambiguity into it too because I could just as easily see Roman getting beat by Brock and then getting beat by Joe and that would be fucking sick. That would be awesome. I would love, I, I Pat and I were talking about the fact that Roman, you know, could really just use some time off. Put him off a of TV for a little while. Have him just get beat by two guys who can beat him and it would be it would work wonders for Samoa Joe that's absolutely true and and they can do it in a way that makes Roman still not look like a uh not look like a chump I mean Joe can be picking the bones of what happened after Brock right yeah. like he could just be beating a a beaten man uh-huh which makes Joe look tough and mean and badass oh he makes him look so mean it makes him look so mean I think yeah, Samoa Joe's my favorite wrestler right now. I that's a Dude, he's fucking best. You can't argue with that. He's so good. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. It's definitely going to feel like alternate universe. It's definitely going to feel like I don't know. You you go to like a a weird party that you're that you know like three people at is how the whole thing is going to feel to me. Yeah, I definitely have been had some like strange conflicting feelings. That's like I, I had to realize that. Uh, how much WWE is catered to me as the American consumer. Yeah. And it's just like, wait a minute, they're going to make meaningful changes in a way that's not convenient for me or the way that it's always been fed to me. Uh-huh. This is, I don't like this. I don't like it one uh-huh. bit. Uh, but maybe it's going to be awesome. This might be a crazy fun spectacle that is a fun pay-per-view. Yeah. 
Yeah, fun is a fun is a a good thing to hope for. Um, you know, yeah, it, it should it should be interesting. Um, we're running kind of kind of low on time here, but I wanted to point out the fact that that Andre the Giant documentary that aired on HBO was pretty perfect heck of a doc i really i just i love that i love that portrayal of him i love how fucking human they made this like quasi human yeah this more than human man it was that was that was special um check that out if if you haven't seen it um but yeah it was kind of that was for me watching that documentary was like really the last bit of wrestling that I felt like I could take in. Like now I'm starting to just feel so like, I don't know, end of the day. Like I've been staring at a screen for a really long time. I'm just like half assing the rest of every, uh-huh. yeah. And I, I think it was nice to have that doc passed along to us as uh, within like a different medium. Yeah. We'd been watching. Right. Uh, previously it was nice to just like, Oh, this is a film. This is a, uh, Ah, this is a, a story uh-huh. that's being told. Oh, that's right. He had a he had a life outside of wrestling oh. and the wrestling story. I have one of those too. Uh, <laughs> do you? I don't know. What's man. that like? I don't know. Hey, uh, um, if you like what we're doing here, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to it now on Stitcher, and uh, yeah, tell a friend about it. Uh, you know, someone who you think might be interested in. Uh, even more wrestling content when there's when there's way too much to deal with but um you know we we enjoy uh getting to spend time together and that's why we do it so we hope that you're enjoying it as well uh if we don't see you next week we'll see you at the week after that thanks bye No.